Welcome to the Parker J. Cole Show. I am your host, the Queen Parker J. Thanks for joining me. Today, we're going to be talking about something I'm sure you all are familiar with, waiting, hoping, and praying. Are you in a season that you are waiting on the Lord to move and he seems to have forgot you? There's a catchy tune by a gospel artist named Fred Hammond that says, wait on the Lord. And it's very catchy. The lyrics really pop at you. But sometimes when you're waiting, you don't want to hear, keep waiting. Waiting can be excruciating. You want things to happen, but the Lord is deliberately keeping you in one state. And you don't understand, why do I have to stay here? You know that I want to move on to whatever it is that I need to move on to. Why am I stuck in this dead-end job? Why am I in this difficult relationship? Why haven't I found someone yet? Why hasn't my book been picked up by big publishers? Why am I waiting? Why am I waiting? What is the possible reasons for us to wait? These are questions I'm sure we've all had as we've had to wait, hope, and pray on the Lord. And there is someone with me today who's going to really help us unpack this topic. He knows a lot about waiting, and he knows a lot about what happens while you're waiting, too. As always, I want to thank you for your support. We have been showcasing Christian authors worldwide for the past nine years, and as God gives us grace, we'll continue to do so. To find out how you can help out, simply go to patreon.com slash stuff and see what you can do. And as always, we covet your prayers. To stay up to date with PJC Media, simply go to pjcmedia.net Click on the pink follow button and you'll never, ever have to miss a show. And so without further ado, I'm going to bring on my fellow waiter. His name is David Alderman. Dave, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How you doing? I am fine. It's been a minute since we've had you on the show. So I'm really glad you're here with me today. I'm glad to be here. Dave is the former owner of the Crossover Alliance, and we've had a number of Crossover Alliance authors on the show for many years, and then he switched to go straight into his writing career. Lots of big things have happened to Dave over the past several years, and I have been so blessed to be able to follow his journey. We're going to talk about the hard part of the journey, and that's waiting. I have to read from Psalms 27, 13 through 14. I have fainted unless I have believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Hearing those verses, they should really be inspiring, encouraging, but really they make you angry (laughs) when you're in a state of waiting. Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, It can be very frustrating waiting because human beings are impatient to begin with. I know for me, I'm impatient. You get a vision in your head of what you want things to look like or you want things to be or maybe even how they should be. But there's always a gap between that point in time and the actual realization or fulfillment of that thing. And it's that waiting period in between that gets that can really get to you and bring you down a little bit. Especially when you're waiting on something that you really, really want There was a time when you were on hiatus from your writing because a lot had changed in your life. And we don't have to go into the nitty gritty of what had changed, but just the more generic thing. Tell us about what had happened that put you on hiatus. The big thing was I went through a divorce. It killed my spirit. But then at the same time, like when you're going through something traumatic, 
you have to start prioritizing not just your your energy levels, but your attention and your focus. And writing just took a backseat because I also have a son. So my priority became my son. And then at some point in time, I realized one of my priorities had to be me in terms of my healing. Sometimes you go through trauma and stuff like that. And you're like, well, I'm fine. You know, I can function. I'm strong enough to handle this and I don't need help. Putting that on hiatus was, was incredibly difficult. Particularly since you are a writer, this is what you are meant to do. And I've read your work and you've had the opportunity to read others' works and you love being involved in people's imagination. And then we talk about how people say, well, God is working it out for your good. People sometimes give you so many cliches, they mean absolutely nothing. We're going to address the problem we have as people who wait. But remember, the other part of the show is waiting hoping and praying. We want to kind of keep that together. One thing you said is that human beings are naturally impatient, but what are some other things that come along with waiting that we as people have to recognize? I'm always questioning what is the point of waiting? Well, I already know where I want to get to. Why is it that I can't get there? And a lot of people question, why is God having me wait? And with that comes the things that come with waiting. Waiting is not just about standing still, right? A lot of times God's preparing us for that thing that we want. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's a successful career. Maybe, you know, you're like, oh, I want a house. And God, why can't you just give me a house? But maybe you need to learn to handle money better or handle the house that you have. Those who are faithful and and little will be given much, right? So a lot of the waiting period, the things that you go through in it is growing, you're learning, you're having to do a lot of self-reflection. I know that during my waiting period, I had to do a lot of self-reflection because through that self-reflection and through a lot of prayer and a lot of shifting my focus away from my pain and putting it back on God, God was revealing to me, these are the broken pieces of you. And these are the things that need to be fixed. And I, and I clearly heard God in this last season where I was just waiting, saying, I'm not allowing you to move to the next season until these things are worked on, until these things are resolved. And then you get even more frustrated. Then at the same time, I also felt relieved because I'm like, well, at least now I have a concrete goal. These things have to be worked on before I can move on to the next season. And I'm, and I'm that type of person. If you, give me, if you give me a concrete goal and there's a reward structure at the end of it, I tend to do a lot better in those kinds of situations instead of just saying, well, just wait and God will bring you out of the season when he feels fit. And I'm like, well... Time isn't the same with God as it is with us. Like one day is, is like a thousand years. And I'm like, my one day feels like a thousand years when you're waiting. Exactly. You know what I mean? And I'm glad you said that when you're waiting in that time seems to be so precious because we understand we are in the river of time. Time is very much an aspect of our reality. When you want to enjoy a good movie, that time goes really fast. Time to be kind of relative for us, but it's constantly moving. And so you're like, okay, what do I need to get to get to where I need to go? And the Lord says, I want you to wait. And I'm not, and here's the thing. I'm not going to always reveal to you what you need to know. Right. Another hard part too. In Proverbs 21, from 21 to 22, it says, and inheritance may not may be gotten hastily at the beginning, but the end thereof shall not be blessed. Basically saying, if you rush to get something, you're not going to, it's not going to bless you because you rushed and get it. Say not thou, I will recompense evil, but wait on the Lord and he shall save thee. Now you mentioned during your time of waiting that you've been waiting, you've had to do a lot of self-reflection. And what is hard about self-reflection when we are waiting on the Lord to move in our lives? A lot of times when God asks or tells you to wait, 
you don't see the reason for it, or we don't stop to look at the reason. Like we're so impatient and we're in this flow of time, like you were talking about, that we don't stop to go, well, why is it that you're having me wait? You know what I mean? And so we don't take the time to to reflect. You look at the Israelites, you know, an 11 day journey took 40 years because they just kept going around the mountain and around the mountain and trying. God was trying to get the same lesson through them over and over and over and over again. And there's times I've read through the Old Testament. I've read that and I'm like, man, they they were stupid, man. They were only like 11 days. And then I look at my own life and I'm like, oh, nope. <laughs> <laughs> I would have been going around that mountain maybe 50 years, not 40 but the Lord is good. He really is. And he allows us to use this time, this period to just wait. With waiting comes hoping. Instead of being so anxious about waiting, we can't help that we are. You told me um, before we started recording that you said, I'm going to trust you. And that's the hard part because at the end of waiting, you're not just sitting there like a bump on a log. You're sitting there twiddling your thumbs. While you're waiting, you can be active while you're waiting. So what are some active things you can do as you wait for God to move? And I particularly use this one for people who are trying to transition from one level of their life to another. For example, a lot of people are leaving their jobs to pursue other or more better employment, which is a great thing. But there are some people who, for whatever reason, don't have that freedom to do that. And so they may stay at a job that they may hate. So how do they learn how to be active while they're waiting? I think the most important thing that I did was just tether myself to God. That was the most important thing that I did. So a lot of times when we're waiting, the reason that we become impatient is because we don't see results, right? As human beings, we want to see something moving. We want to see pieces moving together. And you're like, I want to see that jigsaw puzzle coming together so that I know that there's progress being made in my waiting and that I'm getting towards the other end of this tunnel. The waiting feels like you're in a dark tunnel. Maybe you see the light, maybe you don't see the light yet. But a lot of times, Jack, I want to see the results. I had to stop and I had to realize, okay, I trust God that he's always working in my waiting. And it was very, very difficult. I'm not one that's going to throw cliches around. All good things come to those who wait. Well, that's great, right? But when you're in the waiting period, you don't want to hear stuff like that. I was telling you earlier, I didn't want to hear songs about waiting. No, no one wants to hear about waiting. Yeah, no, nobody wants to hear about waiting, especially when you are waiting. You're like, yeah, I'm fully aware that I'm waiting, but you're frustrated with it. So I tried to pour my energy into the things that matter. I poured my energy into my son, into finding me a good church, try to strengthen my relationship with God figure out what am I doing career-wise, editing, writing, publishing. I try to put my focus into the things that I had control over. A lot of our impatience comes from lack of control. Well, we know where we want to go. And as human beings, we want to control that instead of putting it in God's hands and going, all right, God, I trust that you're going to bring me this, but I trust you're going to do it in your timing and when I'm actually ready. Because a lot of times we try to preemptive strike at the things that he has for us and we end up ruining them. And it's not that he can't repair them at some later point. We try to be hasty and it causes us a lot of problems. And then like the Israelites, we're just going around the mount over and over and over and over again. We do want to be able to say, I am the master of my universe. And we're quickly finding out that when we're waiting, we're not the master of the universe. We have to actually submit to the master of the universe. And that's okay because it helps build our hope. And when we build our hope, there's that feeling of expectation and a desire for certain things to happen. And we know that it will. Just using the job as an example, but it could be anything. Let's say as you're waiting for that new job, you could be working on other skill sets. 
what do you see yourself doing at another job? What does that other job look like? What are you doing with your resume? How are you staying up to date with your industry that you're desired to be in? That's just one way of doing it. You want to wait for that publisher to read your book, okay? What are you doing with your manuscript while you're waiting? Are you trying to improve it? Are you doing your editing? Are you getting some beta readers out? What are you doing while you're actively waiting? Because while you're waiting, you're hoping because you're not just sitting there twiddling your thumbs. You're actually controlling the one thing you can control, being proactive while you're waiting. I think that also falls in line with faith because you're saying, I believe that this thing is going to happen and I want to prepare for it as if it's about to happen. I'm not just going to sit here and I'm not just going to like wallow. These are much easier things that are you know, said than done. Somebody described it a long time ago as you feel pregnant with a dream. And so as you get closer and closer and closer, you almost become more and more impatient because you're like, I'm about to give birth to a dream. I'm about to give birth to, or God's about to bring into realization these things that you're hoping and praying for. It just, you feel like you're going to burst because there's excitement and then there's like a frantic energy and it's hard to just sit still. And that's especially if you're, you're, you're waiting and expecting for something. But sometimes during that waiting, we can also go into a dark place and we want to really acknowledge that. But when you're in that dark place, you do have to encourage yourself. Divorce can bring you a lot of different feelings. Mine, it felt like betrayal. You don't feel like the, the years that you were married were, were wasted, but that thought does run through your mind where you're like, I mean, what was the point of this? So you feel betrayal. You feel like you wasted time. That can really pull you down. In a Christian marriage, it, it's a covenant between you, the other person, and God. And when that is broken, that shatters your spirit into different pieces. And a lot of times God is, wants to heal that and you don't, you don't let him heal it, right? I didn't let him heal me in the beginning. And I had my own little self-destructive course that I went through. You know, you look at David in the Bible, right? And he talks about, I believe it's in the Psalms about he had to encourage himself in the Lord. Sometimes it's just you and God. Friends don't always understand what it is that you're going through. When you're in a dark time, friends are like, yeah, I mean, I'm praying for you. Let's go get lunch. And I'm like, well, that solves none of my problems. Yes, the community, the relationship, the fellowship that I have with you. Yes, it, it does something for me. But at the same time, sometimes you're in such a dark place that you're like, not one person can just magically touch you and you're healed. Sometimes it's a huge process. And a lot of times that's what the waiting is for. It's to get you through that process. God's like, I'm cordoning you off. I'm creating boundaries around you. And I want you to heal inside of this, these boundary lines. Like I started to come out of the darkness of the, the divorce and I kind of started to write again. And then I started to get into a career that had to do with writing and then I lost that job. And so I fell back down and it's already hard picking yourself up once to fall back down again. There are days that I'm like, I don't know if I even have the energy to get out of bed. I keep doing is I keep striving towards something. I keep getting knocked back down. My faith had to be completely grounded for me to pull myself out of those dark areas. And I thought, well, let me stop and let me take an inventory of the things that make me happy, even if they're just tiny, tiny, tiny things. Because when I was going, when I was going through the divorce, I stopped doing the tiny things that made me happy. I stopped going to lunch with a friend or I stopped taking a walk around the park or I stopped doing this because you're, you're in so much darkness. You're just like, I don't feel like I can even function. I just feel depressed. I feel down I, in the doldrums. And what people don't understand is you can't get out of that immediate. You have to slowly build the steps 
And that you do that by getting into the things that make you happy again. Me watching a favorite TV show. Okay, well, I remember I used to like that. Okay, you know, I'm starting to feel a little bit better. Hanging out with friends, like getting out of my apartment was a big thing. You know, let me get outside. Let me get some fresh air. Let me get out of my head. Getting back into a community of believers. Serving in my church really actually helped me get out of that darkness. Because you and I talked about before where you were saying that seeing me happy brought joy to you. Exactly. Even though I don't have what I have right now, I can be happy for you. I can rejoice in your blessing because as a believer, you're part of the family. Waiting, hoping, praying, I think, being the anchor of all of this because prayer is a dialogue, but it's also your weapon. It's also your comfort. It's also the ability to go to the God of the universe. and He can hear you cry out to him. So how important has your prayer life been throughout this time of waiting? It's been incredibly important. Uh, I think some people don't understand that prayer is exactly what you said. It's dialogue. It's conversation. It's like if you and I are having a conversation right now. Prayer is the same thing. It's just between you and God. And having that conversation with God, it allowed me to vent to him about my frustrations, about the waiting. You know what, God? I'm trusting you, but I'm frustrated. I'm impatient. I'm feeling dark. I'm feeling lonely. And what's funny is that a lot of what I prayed for, I saw on the other end of everything. And it only increased my faith in God. You know, we like me, I'll talk about relationships. Like I was praying for somebody, for God to bring me to somebody. And then on the other side of that, I saw God fulfill. God didn't just fulfill, because I, I think you saw my post on Facebook. God didn't just fulfill my three main prayers. He fulfilled everything that was in between the cracks of those prayers because he was also, he also knows your heart. He knows your mind. He knows both what you need, but he also cares about what you want. I mean, he's obviously not going to give you something that you want that is going to harm you or others. I get a lot of Christians that are like, God doesn't care about the minute details of your life. I believe he cares about as much as you want him to care about. So when I come to him and I go, you know what, God, I don't just want a woman who follows after you. I want a woman with these qualities, not superficial qualities, but I want a woman that has these relational qualities. And to know that God cares about that, it's an exciting thing. And that's, that's where prayer comes in is you're communicating to him what you want. Now he'll give you what he feels is best, but communicating to him is having a conversation with him and telling him, this is what I'm looking for in my, my career, in a mate, in, in the next season in my life, that's incredibly important. First of all, I want to thank you so much for being candid. And I really, really appreciate that because you understand this thing about waiting, hoping, and praying. And we put it in there. So someone is feeling what we're saying right now. And so what I want you to do in the few moments we have left, go ahead and encourage those, those people out there today. I'll go ahead and pray. Lord, for everybody that's listening to this podcast right now, I just pray that you would encourage them that you would lift them from any darkness that they're in right now and just bring them to a level baseline with you, a solid foundation of just life and light. And I pray that you would just open their eyes to your, your tapestry. Uh, your, your plan is a, is a massive tapestry, and we can only fathom a very small fragment of that. And there's times that you ask to wait because you're waiting and you're working to move pieces together for our, our goodwill. You, you say that you work all good things to those who wait and to those who trust in you. And so I pray that anyone who's feeling discouraged, anybody who's going through their period of waiting, that they understand that it will be worth it. 
and that they need to lean on you, that they need to have conversation with you through prayer, that they need to lean on friends who, who support them and encourage them. And I just pray that you would bring, bring everybody who's waiting out of their period of waiting and into the new season that you have for them. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. And thank you, Dave, for being with me on the show today. Really enjoyed having you. Next time we have you on, we'll be hosting one of your books. Yay. We were talking today to David Alderman. He is a good friend, author, as well as just someone who really understands what it means when you are waiting on the Lord to move in your life. If you resonated with these words, might I suggest you do what he said. Even as you're waiting, be active while you're waiting. Keep that hope alive. And I hate using cliches, but there is something to that. And the last thing is make sure that prayer is your first blast and only line of defense against the darker parts of waiting. When we want to control everything, when we fall into depression, cling to the Lord, hold on to him, and he will strengthen thee. Thank you so much for joining me for this edition of the Parker J. Cole Show. You have a wonderful, absolutely glorious blessed day, and God bless.